Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast, and um, today we are talking to Cloudbreak Discovery, which is which I know is a company um, a lot of investors are extremely interested in at the moment, um, certainly in the UK and further afield too. Um, and today we have Kyla Hardy, CEO of Cloudbreak Discovery, on the podcast. Um, it's his second time, but there's been a lot happening since we last spoke to him, so we have the opportunity to catch him briefly while he's over here in London. Um, so welcome, welcome to the podcast, Kyla. Stuart, good to see you again. How you doing? Doing very well. Um, it's been a busy time for you, uh, which we'll get into in a sec, but I just wanted um, initially to know if you can just give us um, a summary of Cloudbreak Discovery, um, because some investors and listeners won't have come across you already and won't know what a mining project generator is compared to, say, a, a sort of plain vanilla mining company? So Cloudbreak Discovery, um, like you said, listed on the LSC under the ticker symbol CDL. We're a project generator for the natural resource sectors. So what we do is we take our intellectual capital, we come up with ideas, we identify new projects uh, to stake and acquire, uh, usually um, not from third parties. Uh, if we're in a, a jurisdiction that uh, we have to apply to the government, we apply to the government, or we go out and direct stake on the ground. Um, and so th the way we go about it is we identify a, a jurisdiction, we identify a commodity and, and a formation that we're interested in, and we'll start to accumulate the data and, and evaluate it and narrow in on, uh, on, on various uh, potential projects, ground truth them, and, uh, and stake and acquire them. From there, we bring in third-party partners via option agreements, via joint ventures, via sale of the projects to have them advance the project through um, through the drilling phase and hopefully, you know, potentially into this into this discovery phase. And in um, in return for doing all the front end work and coming up with the idea and putting the project together, building the databases, we get uh, cash and milestone payments equity in the uh, in the entity that uh, that we're working with and uh, a royalty for the long term so we have the discover discovery optionality um, to get paid on the back end as well and you listed obviously on the London Stock Exchange last year at that time uh, when we last spoke in fact on the podcast you were still you already had a lot of projects in cloud break um, vast bulk of those were um, in Canada but not all of them. Um, can you give us a quick update on what's been happening? I, it's, it's pretty much nine months now, I think, since since the company went live in London. It is. Um, what what sort of progress? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a very busy nine months. Um, we staked what we called the Northwest Portfolio, which was a group of uh, six projects through Northwestern British Columbia. Off the back of that, as of today, we've uh, we've got three of those projects being advanced by third party partners now. Additionally, we've put together a strategic alliance in uh, for the Western United States with a Canadian listed junior called Alianza Minerals. We've staked two projects with them to date, executed a first phase exploration program on one of the projects being the Klondike project, came up with six kilometers plus of mineralized structures on that one, and ultimately um, brought a partner in. Uh, Allied Copper, a Canadian listed junior, to advance that on our behalf under an option agreement. And uh, secondarily, they also uh, have recently picked up the state line project from us in Alianza 
and uh, we'll be advancing that as well. We should be seeing two drill programs uh, across those projects this year, following up on the uh, early stage mapping and um, and prospecting programs. So those two projects down there, SEDEX hosted copper is what we're looking for. We're looking at it as it's um, associated with the uh, Lisbon Valley mining complex uh, in the Paradox Basin. Uh, with one act, one active mine that I recall off the top of my head is private equity backed right now called the Lisbon Valley Mining Company of all things, and um, then the, uh, the the projects in northwestern British Columbia those are all polymetallic, and uh, we staked those with the theory that the uh, the glaciers had receded, opened up new ground. That's how a lot of the new discoveries in northwestern British Columbia are uh, are coming about these days. Uh, that in geophysics, and we executed a first phase uh, exploration program across that portfolio uh, with results pending. And uh, but regardless, we did end up bringing in uh, three partners off the back of uh, field observations. So it's been a uh, it's been an active nine months. We have a total of I believe it's thirteen of the seventeen projects being advanced by partners now. As part of the portfolio, the uh, several of the other partners, uh, namely Norseman and Temas Resources, have been advancing their projects um, that we've optioned or sold to them. Uh, Norseman recently came out with some great uh, copper-silver results off of the Caribou Project in northern British Columbia. Over 30% of their uh, samples were over 1% copper. Um, one particularly high-grade uh, copper um Anomaly was a 42% copper, which, you know, I wish we could have a little bit more of that across the portfolio, but it's never uh, never that easy now, is it? Temas is actively executing a PEA on the Lavlache project, which we have a large uh, equity uh, stake in Temas, as well as a uh, royalty on uh, on Lavlache. So as you can see, even our partners have been busy uh, over the last nine months. Have you noticed from your perspective, there's been a big change? Um, because obviously with, with the there was a stage with the mining sector with the pandemic a lot of mines were not sort of exploration projects were not allowed to operate or were under a lot of restriction um how are you finding it now that that things are starting to open up again well you know two years in everyone sort of figured it out now finally i think uh, on the exploration and how to execute an exploration program under uh, extremely restrictive conditions and um it doesn't seem to have hampered extensively uh, the advancement of our projects. With that said, it's uh, it is nice to see things opening back up. It, it's making some international travel a little bit easier, so we can look into uh, uh, West Africa, where we've got a keen interest and are actively um, evaluating a number of projects right now uh, for acquisition and uh, and advancement. But uh, up until recently, here it's just been it's been too hard to uh, to get boots on the ground there. So this will obviously be making your life a little bit easier now because you can actually go out and, and see projects. When we last spoke, you were saying that Cloudbreak Discovery, whereas it has been, it has a lot of very good projects in Canada that are in that valuable tier one mining jurisdiction, you were looking at a lot more opportunities um, further afield. You mentioned Africa already. Um, is that is that your plan to make it a little bit more globally diversified? Yeah. So one of the reasons we listed in London and not in Canada is because we do have aspirations of making a much larger footprint, uh, specifically in West Africa. And uh, we're also looking at Zambia, but we can only spread our wings so far. 
And uh, we find that uh, UK, European investors generally understand Africa better than North American investors. So that's, that's a big reason why, why we listed here and, and not in Canada. As we, uh, as we start to advance our uh, project generation uh, out here, you know, looking for ideas from gold to um, bauxite uh, into some of the base metals, We've looked at iron ore a little bit. There's been some interesting projects put forward by third-party prospectors and partners uh, throughout that West African region, Guinea, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana. That's that's really the area that we're looking through in, in that region there and uh, quite comfortable there, uh, predominantly French speaking, which is you know convenient for us as Canadians as a lot of us speak French as well, so it really helps. As a mining project generator, obviously, you're very reliant on your network, uh, your relationships with the mining companies that you're going to work with on these projects, but also presumably on the actual finding these these new um, sort of the needles in the haystacks that will become successful projects going forward. Is that something that you draw on a network for as well? It is. Um, that, that's a really good point, actually, and one I, I'd like to highlight we do have a great team in-house. We, uh, both Cam and Rory, excellent uh, geologists, but with two primary geologists, we can only do so much. We draw on um, region and commodity uh, or uh, formation specific skill sets from third parties extensively uh, with us taking a, uh, an overview look at it to make sure we, we understand it and we like the way it's being put together or we get to cancel it quite quickly. This allows us to be quite nimble as well. So we can we can draw on the right consultant from the right jurisdiction and not be moving our own people around the globe all the time in order to do something that, you know, a place like Cote d'Ivoire that's got a, you know, very well-developed uh, exploration sector, some great geologists based locally. They, they know the regions that, that we're asking them to work in. They know the pitfalls, they know the benefits. You know, it's three in the morning, you need a water truck who best to call kind of thing. Um, so it does cost a little bit more, but also, you know, they're only engaged for uh, for the period of time that we require them there. We like the model. We like the contractor model to enhance what I consider to be a world-class technical team already uh, in-house. Obviously, last year, there was a lot of complaints from people in the mining sector um, about how some of the, the, the prices were moving in, in metals, but, but the, the stocks... Some of the smaller miners weren't moving. In fact, they were going in the other direction. We're obviously seeing gold and copper, particularly, um, but also, you know, we were talking. I was talking about um, nickel earlier on today. A lot of metals prices are are um, heading north now. Um, from where you're sitting, what's your overall um, assessment of the mining sector in in 2022? Well, it's uh, you know starting quite volatile. To be honest with you, it's. Uh... Everything that's going on globally right now is really affecting not only the mining sector, but energy prices, the food prices, etc. You, you know, we, we spend a lot of time talking to people, again, back to this relationship side of stuff, not only on the technical side, but also on the corporate side, speaking with fund managers, speaking with economists, analysts, etc. around the world. A lot of the, the consensus seems to be that we're entering uh, a, uh, a potential significant uh, commodities-based uh, bull market. Um, I don't think we're, you know, we're into, we're into it early stages right now, but I think that there's a long way to run. Um, the fundamental supply issues that we're seeing globally, especially in things like copper, uh, nickel, with, the, with sanctions coming on in Russia, 
with um, oil and gas, with, you know, lithium. These aren't problems that are solved overnight. From the day a project's discovered to the day you put a drill hole into it to the day that you uh, hopefully one day build a successful mine, that's not overnight. That takes 10, 15, 20 years. And um, pretty bullish on the fact that... Um, we need juniors, we need early stage explorers to go and find things that the majors don't necessarily have the uh, nimbleness to go and do, which is, you know, early stage exploration, get people on the ground. They do have good technical teams, but they're more suited to take something from discovery through to uh, feasibility and uh, and construction. Looking at um, sort of mining projects, if we could ask you, I mean, obviously you're looking at uh, things like uh, copper and gold already. Are, are there any particular particular metals or resources that you would be really keen to find a project in right now? Is there is there something on your on your wish list? There is uh, lithium being a really big one for us, specifically lithium in the United States. We've had an active project generation um, uh, initiative ongoing for over 18 months uh, within uh, within the United States, looking at different lithium brine scenarios. We put a lot of time and effort into it, and uh, you know we've been we have been talking about it to the market and guiding that we are looking for the right project or the right suite of projects. I think we're almost there. Uh, we want to make sure we do pick up something that we think could be world class and could uh, could attract a serious partner. Uh, so, you know, hopefully more to come on that. Additionally, I, uh, I really like the bauxite sector and that's, uh, for the automakers, really, you have to, you have to lighten cars and some of the easiest way to lighten cars is, uh, removing metal components, uh, changing your chassis into, uh, an aluminum chassis. And, uh, that'll make those batteries last longer. It'll make uh, cars more fuel efficient if they aren't moving over to uh, an electric model. These, these automakers, you know, uh, specifically the European ones, um, and some of the North American ones and starting to become some of the Asian ones, but they're really looking for bauxite, which is, a, uh, is the early stage, uh, unrefined product, which eventually becomes alumina to aluminum. Uh, they're looking for ethically built ESG compliant bauxite deposits. And a lot of those right now, it's, you know, you see, it's the classic, you see the big red pit of sludge and, uh, that's, that's toxic. You need to, you need to be able to, uh, from, from the early stage, from the outset of building a project, you have to be thinking about how we're going to deal with that. And we want to, we want to find a good project and a good partner to bring in on that project for the long term that can hopefully build an ESG compliant and uh, long-term sustainable uh, bauxite project to supply the uh, alumina and aluminum sectors globally. You mentioned that technology, mining technology, prospecting technology is becoming a little bit more of a, um, a game changer. I mean, from your perspective at Cloudbreak Discovery, uh, the emphasis for you there is, is is finding stuff at an early stage that you can then develop with with partners. But that can include projects that are you know, someone has looked at that previously, maybe, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago and, and decided that maybe there's not anything there. How important are tools and mining technology to you now in being able to potentially revisit interesting sites and, and see if there's, if that, you know, the, the initial surveys were potentially not 
uh, not uh, finding what's really there? Honestly, that's uh, that's a great question, and it's uh, it's become more and more relevant, especially as uh, deposits in North America in in developed mining jurisdictions become deeper, um, or the the easy ones have been found. Quite frankly, you know, all the way from early stage prospecting uh, on paper, mining databases, etc., using computer learning. We did some really neat, uh, really neat initiative uh, with using computer learning on the uh, on the lithium side of stuff here recently. Uh, taking that into the field, uh, to the geophysics side, to the advanced analytical tools that are available for us in the field to uh, at least substantiate mineralization and then get a proper assay lab to um, to uh, to analyze what we what we get early results on. And then all the way into into the drilling side of stuff where, you know, drilling technologies come a long way. Uh, there's rod handlers make the uh, make the drillers and the helpers lives easier. There's directional technology now for uh, for drilling deep holes uh, into uh, into deposits that you're hopefully discovering with uh, with advanced geophysics and uh, and trying to limit cost and keep costs under wraps as much as possible. The technology side is it, it plays into the mining sector and uh, significantly and is becoming more and more significant. And uh, one thing I need to touch on is the oil and gas sector is, you know, it's it's a technology uh, play as much as it is a, a resource extraction play. And the the energy sector is just, you know, decades ahead of the of the mining sector generally with the adoption of uh new and advanced technologies to find uh, these elephant deposits and elephant reservoirs. And so the mining industry is catch, uh, playing catch up right now uh, a little bit. But, you know, there has been some really, really major advancements and deployments in geophysics. We got so we have some early adopters of Typhoon technology, which uh, is part of the Robert Friedland group. They've, they've got a really significant uh, deep, uh, deep seeing, uh, IP, uh, system, uh, through HPX exploration, I believe it is. I don't, under, I don't know the, all the group dynamics there, but from my recollection, anyways, some of the major airborne service providers out of, uh, out of Ontario, out of South Africa. And then outside of that, even just the metallurgical side of stuff, once you get through all this initial, all these initial pieces, building metallurgical techniques, and advancing that technology where you're using less energy, where you're recycling your reagents, where your um, tailings are less toxic and uh, more environmentally friendly across the board. All the, all the issues that we're, we're seeing as consumers, you know, energy, making sure we're, we're not throwing as much stuff away, that's coming in on the, on the metallurgical and the uh, extraction technology side as well, which uh, for us, Temas is a great play on that for us. They've acquired a number of technologies, patents in the uh, in the metal extraction uh, business, uh, and uh, are currently deploying them on the Lablache project uh, with their metallurgical programs there. And and you've touched on this already as well. I mean, obviously, um, from a from a new projects perspective, you've got to have one eye also on on the uh, what we call the green energy rev- revolution and the fact that there's going to be a lot of um, demand for very specific minerals, metals, um, if we're going to move more towards a global, you know, our ambitions of a global net zero economy, believe it or not, mining has got, got a big role to play in, in helping to achieve that. Absolutely. It's, it, it, it's, it's an exciting time to be involved in the, uh, in the mining sector. It's just, there's the change that's afoot, the change that global governments, uh, 
and you know advocacy organizations, environmentalists are pushing is uh, it really all roads lead to mining, which uh, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's uh, it's true and it's it's quite exciting for uh, for our little sector. And I know you can't really go into too much detail, um, but but finally, I just wanted to ask you whether you can say anything more about your your plans for Cloudbreak Discovery over over the next six months. If the last nine months is uh, has been any indication, you know the next six to twenty four months is going to be pretty active. I'd say. Um, we should have uh, some interesting developments, like I touched on in the lithium sector. Hopefully, a couple of uh, uh, asset acquisitions in West Africa, with some partners coming in alongside them. We're we're actively evaluating uh, a number of cash cash flow situations for for our uh, enterprise right now, and uh, those uh, those are front of mind. You know, we built the initial piece of the company mod- modeled off of a. A group that I've got a lot of respect for out of uh, Newfoundland and Canada called uh, Altus, or sorry, Altius Minerals, Altius and Altus, both a lot of respect for them. It's I'm getting it all mixed up here, and uh, but they've both got cash flow now. We look at that model as using the project generation side, take part of that off the table, redeploy it into. Uh, third-party royalties that we can acquire, have the project generation side as as a sustainable business in itself, uh, come up with new ideas, build our own royalties in-house, but also look at third-party pieces and use use what we're taking off the table from the, uh, the project generation side to allow us to do that. So the business plan is evolving and it's growing and uh, we're, we're, we're pretty excited to see what's uh, what's coming up here. Oh, fantastic. So it sounds like you'll be in for a busy, busy nine months or so and um, uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on the company and, and uh, what the what the developments are um, over the course of 2022. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to come back as well and uh, hopefully tell you about a bunch of a uh, bunch of things that we've been able to do over the next pe- period of time here. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much indeed for your time this morning, Kyla. Thanks, Stuart. It's always a pleasure. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com, for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.